0: losing lives podcast welcome back everybody uh we got halo legends today getting into the halo franchise let's kick this off right three lives down
1: you got enough in there to finish me off
0: one way to find out gross this is not good No, no too small Fatality. all right, so today I got with me uh Kevin, say hello,
2: yo, and Ryan, what's up?
0: All right, now we're gonna tackle into halo, so halo legends. This is actually something that's on Netflix now. I believe it was a straight-to-DVD uh, release. It was a collection of seven short short films. Um, kind of in that vein of uh, robots, uh, uh, sex, love, and uh, robots. I'll, like, kind of something. I was, yeah, go ahead. I man.
2: was going to say Batman Gotham Knights.
0: Yeah, that too. That might be a better... That's actually a better comparison to it, so um it's kind of interesting it was it was just basically released on dvd and blu-ray uh back on february 16th 2010 apparently uh i think this covers up to about halo 3 actually halo 1 2 and 3 based on some of the things that they did in this um did in this film like uh i I noticed some things from 1 2 and 3 so um to to kind of kick it off um Kev, why don't you tell us if you have any experience with Halo or what experience you've had, even if you haven't played it, just maybe like, you know, what you've heard or something like that.
3: No, I haven't played it, but uh, I've seen people play it. Everything I've seen playthroughs of uh, Halo 1 2, 1, 2, and 3 before, so i am kind of got the, like the basics of it. And then, of course, I watched uh, Legends, which had to recap in the beginning and everything of it. So that's about... All I really know about Halo besides the fact that Master Chief looks like a straight ripoff of Doom Guy to I me. Mean.
1: Yep.
0: Oh. Most people know this intro. <laughs> Alright, that was a... that that the Halo's so synonymous with this like humming. Like their their opening songs and everything. It's just like this oh. It's always that shit um okay cool that's cool ryan what a uh, little bit of you experience with it
2: uh probably less than kevin's experience with it okay. because i grew up with a playstation i was a playstation 2 guy so i didn't i really didn't follow the halo series uh i think the most experience i ever had with halo was probably going to a buddy's like he was a high school friend of mine, so. I, I was in a room full of, like, high school buddies who used to play Halo 2 multiplayer online all the time.
1: Yeah, you may
2: lose. I re- even remember an instance where I was, and every time i go there, I would just be the odd man out who never played the game. And while oh, they no, were just no, so no, into no, it. Do do? That's right. So I remember fondly, I showed up one day while they were playing Halo and got shit face wasted and... I was like hey Brian, I,
0: hold on a second. I was like I, I, you're you're drinking, sir? You, are you telling me you're getting shit faced drinking irresponsibly?
2: Um senior out of high school? Sure, yeah. Alright, all right, continue. So <laughs> I'm glad we broke <laughs> that ice.
3: you you were twenty one at the time, right?
2: Yeah. Um well. Sure. No. <laughs> um <laughs> but, uh, so I like stood up and was just like, "I wish there was a game I could play." And somebody threw me the demo disc to Resident Evil Four for okay. GameCube.
0: And we don't care so about your story anymore because it's not about Halo, you son of a bitch. You
1: so
2: I traded in bitch. my <laughs> my Halo for Resident Evil,
3: All right, well, I'm, a much better game.
0: I definitely better- wait. What I'm sorry.
3: Uh, so you so you traded in your Halo blues for a much introduction to a much better game, right? And I say I think that's I more love than a fair.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I was given the opportunity to play Halo 2 with everybody, but I refused, so I went home and played Resident Evil 4.
0: Well, I have the most experience with Halo
2: then in this group.
0: I definitely went balls deep into Halo. I fucking love you right Uh, i love halo it was great um i remember first getting an xbox and getting halo i was a little late i didn't get it when it first released but i remember getting it and it really changed the game for me as shooters go now i mean i wasn't a pc guy so i can only really speak on consoles and the games i played on consoles and you know my shooting experience was perfect dark was golden eye was those things so um jumping from the N64, then going into basically Xbox. We got the PS2, and then we got the Xbox. Like Even with PS2, I didn't really do as much with shooters. There's a lot of RPGs and things like that. So when Halo came out and uh, Xbox came out, and I got Halo, I, I remember it being the first time I experienced like the, the dual um, analog sticks. Uh, as a way to move the camera as well as move the character which is now like for every game uh overshields which was is like it became the norm for I think I think this game probably made overshields the norm for all shooters because most shooters used to do the pick
3: up health packs yeah they did the pick up health packs and then they had the thing where you could pick up armor yeah but they didn't have. I don't think they uh, I don't know if anybody had regenerating overshield. That, that's. I think this was the first game that really...
0: It didn't... Ju- yeah, it did that. Like, this game actually still did health packs. Like, you still got health packs, but then you also did the regenerating thing. And then after a while, they kind of just did away with health packs completely, and all you did was regenerate after uh, hiding around for a little bit. But the first Halo did <clears throat> still do health packs, but it still functioned with that overshield. So that that was different. That was new, and like uh, a lot of a lot of the things that Halo, at least for me, introduced me to shooters in a different way. Uh, definitely played a lot of verses uh, online. Wasn't really a thing until Halo Two. I didn't really get into the online scene though. Uh, when I was younger, <clears throat> we didn't have that great of internet. Like my room was way far away from where the internet wire was. I would have to run a like a long ass phone cord from like one room all the way down to my room to hook it up. So, um then I don't think we really there wasn't really Wi Fi back then, if I remember right. Or at mm. least we didn't really have Wi Fi at least. Everything was really hooked up, dial up. I mean yeah, you have, it was D
3: S L so I don't I don't, yeah,
0: think. Yeah, I don't I don't think this was a little before that or right on the cusp of that, at least. At least in my house, there wasn't anything, like, connected to Wi-Fi. I remember... Well, what, that was the newest
3: thing. Like, back yes, then, yes. So, yeah, yeah. I
0: remember having to play the game, and if I wanted to find something, there was always, like, game FAQs I'd go to, to, like, find, like, mm-hmm. strategies or, or, like, answer questions right. I had about a game. And I have to run to the study and get on the computer there and then come back and play. So, um, now this is 2010, so when this movie came out, I'm just talking about the games, when the movie came out, I think Wi-Fi and stuff like that was a little more around, and phones, you had smartphones starting to come around and all that stuff too, but Halo 1, yeah, I remember that, so I I played Halo 1, I played Halo 2, and I played Halo 3, I beat all those games, I played them through, and the, 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 the thing about Halo that's pretty special, amongst, I'd say almost all other shooters halo actually has a unique world and story that's pretty deep and uh intricate i mean they even have like a halo bible that they have at 343 studios where they basically have all the story beats that they've ever put out there and the games and stuff like that uh i remember reading a book about Uh, some of these companies dealing with crunch and they talked about halo wars and it was a different company that actually went and did halo wars which is like an rts game if i remember right and uh they actually had to go to the studio and like read the the bible or they had to do something with it like so they can make sure their game fit along with this story i can't think of any other first person shooters that have a um just a, a mythology behind it the way that halo does like, even Halo 5, when that came out a few years ago for the Xbox One, one of the, the gripes people had with it was a story mode. <clears throat> where well, we have Call of Duty now, where they release a new Call of Duty, and they took the story mode completely out. And some people were still upset. But even with Call of Duty, like, those stories don't connect, really, from my knowledge. Like, or if they do, they're not. I don't know anybody that's really hollering about the Call of Duty story. story excuse me. But I know people get get into the Halo story. So, Halo Legends was actually a way... Uh, in fact, I got a quote here from Frank O'Connor. He was 343's creative director at the time. And he says the reason why they wanted to do the movie and stuff is like, if you look at how George Lucas held on to Star Wars, not just to make money from action figures, but to control the direction of the universe went in, you can see why we think it's pretty vital. And he was speaking about the Halo brand, and speaking about doing the this Halo movie, this thing. These seven movies, these uh, the, this Halo Legends, which is like seven short films, they're all canon to the games. So, like, <clears throat> which is you know interesting. That, that again, I can't name a first-person shooter that has something like this. Like, Kev, can you tell me one first-person shooter that has something like this? Because even Doom just has Doom guy. Like, it's it's not as intricate. It's not as developed as like.
3: Well yeah. Uh they going into like as deep as Halo does. Yes. I don't know. I think I think is.
0: Hmm. I don't think so. I, don't, I can't think of any first person shooter that gets as deep as this thing does. Like, I mean, if you look at the now, um <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and shift gears a little bit more to the movie and stuff like that, because it'll kind of coincide with some game talk as well. But that's at least a little bit of our experience with the games and, and things like that. The first movie, the first short film, of this is called origins i believe and uh the first one is just basically a rundown of the backstory of the games and also the story of the games because it's split into two parts and the first part talks about the forerunners which are apparently like the very first like civilization that existed and they built these uh halos above planets that were weapons That allowed them to wipe out any thinking uh, thing to kind of restart the universe because of the Flood. The Flood was introduced in the very first Halo game. And the Flood is just like these kind of like monster alien creatures that just kind of devour everything. (laughs) They don't really have... It's kind of like zombies, you can almost say. Not exactly that, but something to that degree where they just kind of overrun a planet and take over everybody. And I think they even like become flood or something like that as well. So the forerunners couldn't handle it and wiped out basically all existence, but kept um, like parts of like everything around to like, make sure that civilization was able to restart again once it all got wiped out. And uh, so, I mean, like, again, just that backstory, just like thinking that through and putting that out there like that, like, was big. I don't. I don't think there's any other first-person shooters that have tackled that. I mean, there's definitely games that have probably deeper stories and all that for sure, but not first-person shooters. I, I really can't think of one.
3: The only one that I can think of that is even kind of similar a little bit is *Tricking Torok*, but that's not too deep. They got into. They went from the second game. They went into aliens and stuff like that, and you went to space yeah. and all of that stuff. But it really didn't go that deep either. I don't. Know. I don't know. I think Halo might be like one of the first ones that actually went so deep with their lore, like you say.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Uh, Ryan, can you speak anything on Turok and how deep that story is? I think you've had a little more experience than us, huh? Um.
2: <coughs> I mean, the only thing you're really going to go deep with Turok is if you follow and read the comic book series.
0: I don't even think the game's follow the comic books that well either right
2: loosely loosely
0: yeah
2: Um, Yeah. Yeah. but but as far as the games go uh, i think it tried to especially releasing one for 360 but it didn't really go too deep yeah i mean the only game i can think of first person shooter that went kind of deep i was gonna say goldeneye
0: and the only yeah, reason but I not, picked that, yeah, not really. Though no.
2: I, I picked that game is be it's because when I ran off the screen, I fell into it really deep.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, sure.
0: That's,
2: right. that's right.
1: But uh,
0: no, I mean, yeah, Goldeneye. I mean, it touches on James Bond, but that's a movie series, and that was just one shot. So you know,
3: now, yeah, yeah. Like well, I said, they had other James Bond film games that are supposedly supposed to be There were, yeah, there were other games. But that's like you said, that's movie games. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it's based off the movie. This is actually an original IP that started as a game that's built itself out in this way that was also a first-person shooter. And I think it was released at the right time for that because I think actually if Halo would have came out a few years later when online was all the rage, we probably wouldn't have got as much story as we did. The fact that the first Halo came out right before online gaming was a thing for consoles. I think that's what allowed think- them to develop such a good story. And Bungie too. Bungie yeah. being the creators on this thing, I think also helped. Because <laughs> they're passionate. Trying to think and, here. Uh, yeah.
3: uh, when was, when was uh, MSG3's online? Because that was my first experience with like online shooters and stuff. Was the snake eaters online? That was eaters? around the first time at the same time.
0: Snake e- No, no. Huh? snake, Nah, Snake Eaters, they came out, Halo came out uh, maybe a year or two after PS2, and that was around the time from uh, Sons of Liberty
3: uh, okay. for the first yeah, time Yeah, that's
0: what I thought. That's yeah. yeah, what I thought. Um, yeah, I think you're talking a few years later, because uh, yeah. Xbox was actually the one that first started online for consoles. I mean, computers kind of always had some online gameplay and things like that to <clears throat> to some effect. And like Doom is actually really the first like uh, deathmatch. Uh, yeah, landing parties. Yeah, yeah, things like that. <clears throat> That's really credited uh, to Doom. But I was hey-
2: going to say one of the first online systems I can think of was dreamcast if you can work it right that's
0: true they were the ones who really tried to push online as a console but but it it was ahead of its time yeah and microsoft was the one that actually finally got it right and like you first started seeing xbox live and that stuff happened with the first xbox but the game that really took advantage of that was actually halo 2 not the first halo So, but again, I didn't really get into Halo 2. Like, I played the stories of them all. But uh, my point being, though, is that the fact that Halo 1 came out before, like, online death battles and all that shit was really a thing. I think that's why we got such an awesome story from this. I don't know if we would have got the same focus on story if it came out years later where, you know, a lot of publishers and stuff are pushing uh, game developers to, like, make games that are, like, online and people play. and. All this other nonsense. I don't know if we'll ever get a first person shooter that's also as story driven as Halo and have like all these different sequels come out for it. So, like, because I mean, there is other first person stuff, like uh, Bioshock is one. It's not, it's kind of a first person shooter, it's a little more than that, though. But it, it it is one that has an intricate story and things like that. But I, I mean,
3: it is a fir- I mean, it is first person. It's first person.
0: It. That's why I said I don't know if I'd exactly call it a shooter, but it is first person.
3: It's and, not your typical yes. Call of Duty battlefield <laughs> shooter, but no. it, is a, it is a shooter. Yeah, yeah. but I don't. I, I just I
0: don't know if you're going to get anything like Halo ever again. And I think that was one of the things that disappointed a lot of people with Halo Five when that came out as well, because it kind of. Drop the ball in the story. But that's a real big tangent. Uh, that's a real big tangent on the Halo franchise as far as the games go. Let's shift think, gears and get a little more into this movie. But Kev, you got one more thing to say before we do that?
3: Yeah. We were talking about story driven uh, uh, FPSs and stuff, and I started looking up. Uh, I didn't think about it, but Fallout probably was probably one of the first big ones, too. At least, but Fallout was majorly on um, PC. Yeah. PC was always uh, ahead. So, Fallout's probably one. Another one. Um, I did for first Fallout come out. <coughs>
2: yeah, go
0: ahead and look that up. Ryan, I'm going to go ahead and get you started. Why don't you tell me a little bit of how you felt about the film? uh, Some of your thoughts on top of, for it. Uh, at least it's not exactly just one film. It's all seven films. Tell me a little bit of what you thought about it and what's your favorite one?
2: Um. To be quite honest, I was really skeptical going into watching this at first, since I am not a big Halo fan, and um, I remember being on board for the Devil May Cry episode, and you wasn't sure whether you wanted me to be involved in this, since I didn't really know much on Halo. So yeah. when you got treated to do it. I was kind of like afraid that I really wasn't going to understand it mm-hmm. and be really confused and just come on to this episode asking a lot of questions now uh busing busing it open and actually watching the origin episode yeah explained a lot like
0: yeah it does
2: i was like i was like damn I'm, I'm am i gonna have to wikipedia this shit yeah but then when it it, it, it explained all three halos in a nutshell yes was like okay okay I, I can get on board for this and yeah, it was a I, good I way
0: to start this off. Right. You're right. Like, it's a good way to like people who aren't familiar with the series. If they're like, "Let me check this out," it's a good way to start it off. The first one, like, okay, this is what it's all about, and then the next movies are like just fun stuff in the world. So yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah, I
1: um, yeah,
2: it was kind of it was kind of off of a good start for me since the fact I knew who Master Chief was. Yeah, so uh, it yeah. was easy, kind of easy for me to follow it until it started getting into all the other episodes. Yeah. Uh, I did like, because uh, some of them I just thought was, wow, that's kind of sad.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they um, they all kind of were pretty dramatic, save for one. Uh, there was only one that was kind of light and fun.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I was going to say, um, it, it was kind of a tie between the package and uh, Odd One Out.
0: Yeah, our one out it's probably, is probably a fun one. It's the one that was kind of cool. Uh, Kev, can you do me a favor? You're coming in kind of hot. Uh, is there any way you could turn down your input or something like that so that you uh, don't come through as strong? I don't know if there's something you could do on your end about that. But you are coming uh, in kind of quite louder than uh, Ryan is. And I can't individually control your volumes.
3: Um, My gain's all the way down. I got my gain turned all the way down. Yeah, you're coming in hot, like loud. So... Let me, no. see. Yeah, just, Let me see if I can adjust it any on. Yeah.
0: You see if you can adjust it. Uh, Ryan, why don't we go ahead and get into the package? So, you said one of the packages is kind of one of the ones you like, uh, the package and odd one out. Those two are probably your favorites?
2: Yeah, I, I did like the package because it, it reminded me of the little bit of gameplay I had with Master Chief.
0: Yeah, actually, the package feels straight out of the game almost. It, it, it kind of looks like a, a cutscene from a video game. And that's like the whole thing, because although all the different movies have kind of variations on the art style, but most of them are very anime. And this was the one that was kind of felt just like a video game. In fact, there was even moments that looked like it was straight from like you could see the the aimer and him shooting and stuff like that. And it looked like, oh, this, you know, I'm in the game for a quick second. Do you remember what the the package was about or anything about the story in particular that you just enjoyed or just it was just like a lot of fun
2: action? Um I just felt it was a lot of fun action that uh I missed out on on the Halo games. Okay. Yeah. I I was watching it and generally thinking huh. So, I guess uh with every because uh, a lot of things I learned about Master Chief is what people were telling me about him yeah. and how awesome he was, because I figured if he's going to pop up in all these games, he must be the ultimate Spartan. Yeah. and
1: yeah, uh, yeah, basically kind of uh, is. And I,
2: right. And I remember my older brother telling me about the entire plot to Halo Reach. Yeah. So I was kind of trying to put two and two together. But... But no, um, just just seeing that main character and the poster boy for Microsoft Xbox, uh, getting to see him in action was actually uh, without me picking up a controller was pretty cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That, that, that's
0: that's cool. The package was good. Uh, just to kind of touch on the package, it was a uh, it was actually Master Chief with a, a number of other um, Spartans. And uh, they get told that there is a package on one of the Covenant ships. Something that they need to get. An important package. That's how they're told. They go to get it. There's space battles and stuff. A barrel roll. Basically that. And um, they end up getting... Uh, it's actually a woman, uh, a doctor, that they get. And, and they save her. Simple as that. Yeah.
2: <clears throat> and, and it's funny because I find it kind of interesting for somebody who, me, who has not played the Halo games when I was introduced to all these other, um, Spartans, I w- I honestly thought they were main characters as well. And so I realized they were just biting it left and right.
0: Yeah. Um, I think the uh, one of the ones I thought was a little interesting is, uh, homecoming. But, uh, before I get into that, because, uh, homecoming actually gets into story beats, like that are important to world building for halo. Um, That one does, as well as Origins does that. It helps kind of fill in and and, um, give you a quick synopsis of the world and stuff like that. The package is just kind of fun. The Duel, I think that's... I have a uh, thing on that, and then uh, The Babysitter is the other one. Kev, uh, are you good to go now? Uh, What was your favorite, or what was uh, your feelings about this, and uh, what was your
2: favorite episode?
3: Uh... Let's see. I, don't, I forget you one it was, but it was the one where the, uh, it was one of the ones from the beginning, of the, uh, at least the compilation that I watched, because I found the compilation on, on YouTube, so I don't know the names of the episodes, but it was the one That's where cool. the two Spartan soldiers that were training, and they, uh, they escape and they try to go back home on to find that they were replaced. Homecoming.
0: So that's the one I was gonna get into, but I wanted to let you go ahead and speak on top of that. So yeah, homecoming's pretty cool. Go ahead and get into it. What you like
1: about it?
3: Oh. I just like the that was one of the first ones that, that caught my attention. That uh it was pretty interesting in the way that um the world, like they play, they recruit these the they recruit them as their kids from what I remember. And they replace them yeah. with these clones yeah so that they like people don't uh the families don't miss them
1: yeah
0: sense? they basically yeah. kidnap them as children and then use clones to replace them but i'm assuming the the point because one of the questions i thought was like well why don't you just use the clones but i think the idea is that the clones don't live as long yeah because when they uh broke out and went to go visit their homes <clears throat> all their clones were like sick you on the verge of death stuff. yeah like so, the girl
3: was in the, wheelchair, the girl yes. Sometime
1: chair yeah. yeah
0: and so it kind of does a cut back and forth to where yeah. you're seeing like they're in a war with the covenant and like it's going bad for the marines and then a spartan shows up and it's the chick and in the middle of her fighting she gets a she gets a call or she intercepts a call from one of the other uh, soldiers like hey we're gonna come pick y'all up and she's like oh wait you're such and such and he's like oh shit yeah you're daisy Yeah, it was her name, codenamed Daisy. Uh, She uh, then starts having these flashbacks because apparently that guy was the guy with her that I think that that, uh, tried to leave. And uh, it's interesting because they deposit this idea. And I remember reading... I didn't get too deep in comics. I think I did read a novel or two of the uh, Halo books, but it was so long ago. I don't remember much. However watching this episode did strike in me a memory of reading something about like uh, them training Spartans as children. So this kind of goes along with that, that, yeah, we trained them as kids. We got them built up to be soldiers and like, oh, we're using these clones so that the families, you know, are still okay. It's, it's, it's a, it's a weird concept, uh, you know, but it's like, At this point, humanity is really fighting for their survival in the universe. So, I mean, it's almost like, uh, do we just go all means necessary? You know, do we kidnap children and train them to be the best soldiers out there? Yeah, but just
3: kind of this question of the ends justifies the move.
0: Yeah, it is that. You're right. Yeah, I felt that too. I guess
3: we can ask uh, Ryan the same
2: thing when he was a child soldier.
0: Yeah. Uh, I saw a yeah.
2: snake, killed his parents.
0: <clears throat> yeah, that was kind of a concept there with Metal Gear. But like Metal Gear doesn't necessarily get into the whole aspect of him. Like, well, they kind of do because in the second game, they they do a bit about him talking about being a child soldier and his feelings and he didn't like it and all that. But <clears throat> the one thing that Metal Gear doesn't have that Halo does is that in Metal Gear, it's not a galactic battle that can mean All end of all civilization, you're just dealing with you know the patriots and some other crazy shit with like terrorist
2: organizations and such like that.
0: So the idea of doing a child soldier in 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 a in a situation where that's not needed, you know that's a lot more questionable. But in Halo, you're having you know the, the humanity's existence is in question here. So training somebody up as a child to be the best they can be. It's actually vital, almost, because how these Spartans are in battle and everything, they're just, you know, like, god tier. Like, you just don't fuck with them. You know, like, even the Marines and stuff, they're, like, when a Spartan steps on, it's just like, oh, shit. You know, like, even um, the babysitter, that episode, that's the one where they had the group of Marines. And the one guy was like, man, the best sniper around. I don't know why we need to do this. I don't need a backup guy. And he's like, oh, no, 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 you don't have a backup guy you are the backup guy because we have a Spartan on this mission and we just want you to back that Spartan up. <clears throat> that was actually a pretty cool uh, cool episode too. I kind of like that one.
2: Um, I want to add about the uh, homecoming episode yeah. is that at the end of it, I felt a little uneasy. Oh yeah?
0: Well, oh, how so?
2: Um, have any of you guys... T- I mean, I'm not really going to get really much into the other thing. I'm going to really stick with the topic. But just quickly, have you guys ever watched, was it Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix?
0: Yes, I have. I enjoyed it.
2: Uh, Do you remember the episode of the two salesmen in the desert?
0: Yes, I do remember that. Uh
2: Like, at the end of that episode, I felt very uneasy. Like, what the fuck just happened?
0: Yeah. Yeah, but that 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 was really weird. But I felt like in Homecoming, I kind of understood.
2: Well, I'm only saying it made me a little uneasy because I, as watching this episode, even though they (coughs) are short, I I was, um, I went into each episode like really invested into the character and what's going on. Yeah, and and I'm always thinking, you know, I always try to think ahead of what's going to happen next or whatnot or where this is going, just for it to go to where this. Where this spart, this female spart is just killed.
3: Yeah, that was it. Kind of, it, it was kind of a shock. she ends up just getting killed, like at the end, and she's got the little uh, toy she got from her clone. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah.
2: It, it left me feeling really uneasy. And then it's like, okay, next one. Yep. I'm like, I'm like, wow, really? Are we just gonna do that?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think that's a cool way to do it too, because it leaves you with this feeling. It leads you to think about this episode after it's done, and just kind of like gives you that finale there. But yeah, yeah, uh, that was that was interesting. Um, here, I've actually got a little bit here on the secret uh, of Homecoming. Is basically when they're talking about what they did.
1: Notice any resemblance?
2: The secrecy of the Spartan Two program could not be jeopardized but the disappearance of 75 recruits for the program would have created some difficult questions.
1: But if the children never vanished, there would be
0: no questions to ask, would there? The clone lives a
3: life in your place. The life that was originally meant for you. Come back to the Facility 23.
1: It is where you belong.
0: That's just a little bit of that from that uh, episode where... um, She meets her clone. She almost kills the clone. But then decides to just leave. So, uh, then it's also interesting that they they say 75. So apparently there's only 75 recruits for the Spartan program. Which I'm assuming this is the Spartan program. I'm assuming this happened to all the Spartans. At least most of them. I mean, maybe there's some that the parents are dead so It's like, hey, we don't need a clone. But for the most part, it looks like that was the way that they operated. So that they didn't have any questions or anything like that. Which... Uh, it's supposed to be canon. It's part of this universe, and again, it's it just it's just kind of interesting that they do episodes like this to to fill that in. Um, so, Kev, you liked Homecoming, and we got into that episode. Ryan, you liked Prototype, we got into that one. Um, odd one out. Let's go ahead and get into that one. Now, that one was um, was kind of fun, and if I remember right, I remember reading somewhere, but I can't find the, the exact note. I think one of the artists or animators or somebody that's involved with um, Dragon Ball Z was actually involved with the creation of that episode.
2: Well, well, the, when I, I Wikipedia'd it, because I, I was kind of wondering, is the Odd One Out even canon to the story? So I, I researched it, and it said it's not.
0: Yeah, I think Odd One Out's the only one that's not canon, right?
2: Yes, it's, uh, it's the only one that's not canon, and it's done by the same productions as Dragon Ball. Yes, yes.
0: And it has a lot of that. Like, there's the part where, um, so basically, it's <clears throat> it's just a comical episode, and it actually involves Master Chief a little bit. He's on a ship, and there's another Spartan there, and basically, he slips and falls on a planet. And his planet's almost like a Turok planet. It's like a dinosaur planet, and uh, there's people there living. The kids there, he meets these three kids, and almost kind of look like,
2: um, <clears throat> in fact, here, he meets the natives. These natives are dangerous.
1: look at that. It's the junky old robot they found.
2: (laughs) I am not some junky robot. Even if you don't want to know, I'll tell you who I am. I am one of the strongest warriors in space. I am Spartan! 1337. I wouldn't stand there if I were you. It's not very safe. How dare they ignore my awesome heroism.
0: And then a T-Rex bites him. So, uh... <clears throat> but it's all played for like laughs and stuff, and it becomes this thing where he lands on the planet. Uh, apparently, here,
1: what he slipped and fell. Thirteen thirty-seven, wasn't
2: he? You think he'll be okay? This kind of thing happens to him all the time.
0: Apparently, he always slips and falls out of the ships and uh, into strange planets. But since he's a Spartan, he can handle himself. And uh one of the covenant find out or like the prophets prop the prophets in the covenant there's like a hierarchy of these alien race of covenant that the humans are in constant battle with and the prophets are kind of like the leaders because the covenant's just like almost like a religious cult of uh an alien race and the reason why they want to fight humanity is because they believe that they just are ex- humanity's existence defiles their religious beliefs so uh which is actually kind of interesting because it's kind of not to get too political but it's kind of a bit of what we deal with with extreme terrorist groups from the middle east who have the uh, view of you know they feel like their religious beliefs people like uh, us in america and stuff like that are in conflict with their religious beliefs and they you know do attacks and things like that and um you know, what we experienced today. So, uh, at least with extreme, uh, people who are, you know, in that, in an extreme way. It's not, you know, but, uh, the covenant is that, it's it's just that like anybody that's like against their religious beliefs or anything like that, they decide to go in and and attack and fight them and, 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 kill And that's why we're in battle more with them. So they find out that this guy's on the planet and they send their own, uh, uh, a brute, I believe is the the kind of thing they are. There's like these big guys that typically have these huge hammers or some shit like that. If I'm right in the game, and um, they shoot them down and they just have a like a fight. And the kids, they actually have <clears throat> two older, uh, kind of like adults there, and they kind of run in and help fight stuff too, if I remember correctly. And and it's almost kind of real Dragon Ball Z ish in some instances, or just like a real Dragon Ball style of like animation with the fighting and shit like that um kevin would you kind of agree with that i know you're a little more into the dragon ball stuff and uh you
3: can
2: speak a little better to that
3: yeah it did kind of remind me of uh dragon ball a little bit yeah Uh, some of the animations and like so definitely some of the like sound effects and stuff i could tell that they borrowed them from dragon ball
1: yeah yeah so
0: um and then at the end of it they keep uh they have a, a bit in here where um they they call they keep calling something mom like there's a mom there.
1: I'm one heck of a mama myself. That's
0: right. That sounds like one heck of a mama. Exactly, and uh, apparently the mom there is actually an AI system, kind of like Cortana is with a Master Chief. Cortana being the AI that basically in the game is like that voice that always like gives you tips and tricks and and kind of fills in gaps she's, of the story for she's you. She's Navi, huh?
3: She's like Navi.
1: Yeah,
0: she's kind of that way, but better, because Navi's aggravating as fuck. Isn't she also a voice Cortana, on the Xbox One? Yeah, it's actually the name of the... Of, actually, Microsoft even named their AI system Cortana.
3: Yeah, that yeah, like, if you got Windows, you have Cortana. When you, freaking, yeah. uh, you try to voice search something, it's yep. Cortana.
0: And apparently, yeah. they also make Cortana, like, hot as fuck. Like, she's kind of, you know, big tits, ass, and, like... She's, like, half naked with all types of, like, fucking shit covering all the private areas. So, like, it's kind of sexualized in a way. But regardless of that, uh, apparently there's another AI on this planet on I won Out. And at the end, it activates something that shoots the brood or whatever and helps save them and stuff. And they come to realize, oh, there's another ancient old AI there that just seems to be happy being there on this kind of, like... Primitive planet, I guess you can say, and uh, they leave it there, and that's kind of odd one out. It's just like a fun episode, but I think you're right, uh, Ryan. I remember reading that too. That this is that episode is the only one that's not really canon to anything. It's just like a fun episode they put in there. Um,
2: it's it's weird. I can actually appreciate the fact that with all like the seriousness story to the Halo. Uh, universe. Yeah. I actually thought that was pretty cool they did that because, uh, you know, I thought it was very interesting.
0: You put it in the right spot too because I know, Kevin, you didn't get to the, the watch it in order, but when you watch it in order, it's like right in the middle. So you watch like three episodes and then you get this one that's just light and fun and then you get like another three episodes that, you know, again are kind of more in that tone of a, a little darker or a little more solemn and serious and whatever.
3: It kinda yeah, remi- kinda of remind me a little bit of red versus blue. I don't know if you'll ever uh, I never it.
0: watched it. I've seen it there on Netflix and stuff like that. I just never oh, really got around to oh, watching it. What is that about?
2: It's it's pretty much just imagine, um just imagine if you had two guys playing online of Halo, but they're doing the voice acting for them and it's it's a, pretty much a satire.
3: Uh, yeah, it's a skit okay. sat- it's a skit ta- it's a skit satire show of like multiplayer and stuff for Halo.
0: Okay. Yeah, I thought it was something to that degree. I thought it was something about somebody like they're playing the game and they doing something but I didn't really know what. I never really looked into it. So
2: It's um it's done by the YouTube channel Rooster Teeth.
0: Oh, uh, okay. Well, that makes sense then. Yeah, I I know, I know. I'm familiar with them. Okay. That's cool. Um Anyway, so I think that kind of does it for that. So that's odd one out. The only two uh, we only got two left to kind of cover uh one is prototype uh prototype was pretty cool uh i think just to put my favorites. uh i think the duel was probably the one i kind of go back to is maybe one of my favorites but i'll say that, that the one the
3: is that the one with um the covenant where the guy's fighting to like protect his family and stuff because he's an outcast
0: yeah he's not really fighting to protect his family he's not an outcast he's actually um <clears throat> well, you know, he, just,
2: Disney just not agree with their yeah, yes. like
3: he does, he's like he he's he's
2: rebelling. Right? Yeah,
0: kind of, right? not really. All right, all right yeah. so let's get into the duel, and then we'll do prototype. That'll be it. So the duel, I kind of like this one. I think this is the one that just stuck out to me the most. The art style is pretty drastically different. It was like oil paint or something like that that they kind of use as a way to uh, do it. <clears throat> and um, it ends in, in like a uh, like a duel, like like a kind of like a samurai duel. But uh, what it is, is, and the way I took it, I took this as the first time we ever seen Arbiter. Because they say, they, uh, I'm looking at the overview of the synopsis here, and they say that his name was File F-A-L. But I thought I remember ca- hearing them call him Arbiter.
3: Yeah, because I remember him calling him Arbiter throughout Yeah, the, throughout Yeah, the
0: and so I believe his name was Arbiter. <clears throat> so yeah, I'm, I, w-
2: I was going to ask you guys, because uh, Arbiter, isn't Arbiter a playable character in the Killer Instinct game?
0: Yes and yes. So, okay. So let me get into so this Arbiter. Is the same character? No, it's not. So what ends up happening is, the way I took this episode, and maybe I'm wrong, is this was the first, um, the first time the Covenant had to deal with someone who has been disgraced. Okay? So basically, the term Arbiter, it, it, I, I believe this guy's Arbiter. And him dying, they use his name to forever disgrace him, I guess. By any other covenant that fails the covenant in such a way, they get named Arbiter. And they get a certain kind of armor, and they're basically like, look, you know, you're you're falling from grace. If you want to get in our good graces, you do these kind of almost like suicide mission type things. Because in Halo 2 you can actually play as a character named Arbiter. And it's actually an yeah, Elite. Yeah, I remember that. I remember yes, it's, that. it's actually an Elite. And uh, you can play as a as a Covenant. It was a, you know, the first time you could do it. I mean, it's Halo 2, so there wasn't as much oh, out back then. So I, I have a quick question. In Killer, with, uh, in Killer Instinct, you know, well, to get to your point on Killer Instinct, and then I, I want to hear your question. Yes, they used uh, that character from Halo 2, Arbiter. So it was just a name that's given to different, like elites who have fallen from grace like in halo 2 the reason why he gets named arbiter is because he was one of the commanders from halo 1 and because the covenant failed at activating the halo weapon because they covenant don't know what that is they think activating the halo weapons are going to bring them closer they're going to bring them to their great journey And they'll connect with, they actually worship the Forerunners, who actually are the ancient race that started every, you know, they kind of built these weapons and were very intelligent and very far advanced before. So that's what the Covenant kind of believe in. So they were trying to activate it. They failed because, you know, Master Chief stopped them, thwarted their plans and stuff like that. So that guy failed in Halo. And so in Halo 2, he gets named Arbiter and that's where that comes from, and that's that reference. This, the duel, is just uh, the story of, I guess, how that name came to be. That's how I took this. That's what I thought this was. Now, Ryan, what was the question
1: you had? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off.
2: No, it's fine. Um, no, I'm glad that you went and explain that, because that one thing, uh, I always, you know, try to ask people who play Halo, but as, as I told you, I don't really know that many people, yeah. but there is a Right in the beginning of Halo Three, I do remember a section where you would have one of these creatures as a guide. And he helps you in battle. Yeah. Now was he an arbiter as well?
0: He might have been. I'm not sure of that reference. Because Halo Three I did play and beat, but I don't really remember much of that story. I didn't really go back and look it up. It's been a long time since I played these Halos. And um I really couldn't tell you for sure, but it quite possibly was. Because in Halo Two The Arbiter and Master Chief both, they fall into some kind of, it's a weird part of the story where they both end up with this kind of like large uh, flood creature. And basically the flood creature, typically most of them, they don't seem to really be able to communicate in any way, but this one does. And he tells the Arbiter and Master Chief, look, Y'all need to stop fighting, basically, uh, because you're going to activate the Halo weapon. It's going to kill everybody. Not just me, everybody. Because, like, you know, they all want to kill the Flood. But this Flood creature is like, look, you, you, you're going to kill not just me, but everybody. So they end up kind of working together to stop the Covenant from trying to activate the weapon. So I wouldn't be surprised if in three, he's still helping out the humans in some form or fashion. So that it could be that. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. But getting back to the duel, uh, here's one of the things I got from it.
2: Walk with me a moment, Arbiter. Rome.
0: I must ask you. Ask your question. Tell me, Arbiter, why do you insist on provoking their patience? They have given us formidable gifts. Your status is at risk. This heresy will strip you of your rank.
2: There is no rank without honor. We were strong. Sanghelios was strong before this covenant. And we could be strong once more. But we have strayed. We lived not for honor, but for power. Listen to yourself.
0: So I thought that was just a little interesting excerpt from it. It uh, it gets into this whole idea of like, you know, when you get into some of these religious cults, uh, that's kind of what the covenant is set up to be. Or some of these things where you believe something wholeheartedly. And some of them, some people there are honestly trying to believe it. But the leaders at the top, with all that power to their heads, they can manipulate this to be something else. Like, (coughs) excuse me. Sorry if I'm (coughs) coughing and stuff like that. I'm still dealing with my allergies and shit like that. Listeners, So, you know, forgive me, I'm trying to not do it as much in the mic. But, uh, the thing about this is that, like, I find it interesting. I, I come from a very religious background. You know, you see some leaders of churches that can manipulate, you know, things, uh, people's beliefs and stuff like that to get money in the basket and stuff like that. As well, some people who are honestly out there just trying to do God's work, but they feel like they've been called to do. And, you know, it's just kind of this weird in between of things. And so, A lot of times, though, when you see people like this rise to power, it's hard, you know, even in government and not even in religious stuff. In government, when you get to a point of power, you tend to abuse it. And it seems to be what the prophets have done here with the covenant. And this guy here seems to be kind of noticing, like, look, we're not doing this for honor. We're not doing this for the reasons they're just doing it for power. We're just going around taking over things and doing shit. And he was a general. Of uh, of the elites. so uh, And they called him Arbiter even in that clip. This is before he was disgraced and before he became an outcast. So that I believe he was the first Arbiter. And this story is an explanation of the title Arbiter and why it's given. And this kind of speaks towards Halo 2. Because they introduced this concept in Halo 2. Okay. So I kind of like this one, the duel. Uh, it's, you know, again, kind of dark. Because what ends up happening is they go and kill his wife and they like they set him up against an army of covenant he fucks everybody over it is pretty dope but then he has a standoff with a brute uh one of the big head brute guys that actually is responsible for killing his wife pretty directly so they have a standoff a duel kind of samurai style rush each other and they both strike each other and you know kill each other and
1: they both die and that's how it is
0: so I thought it was cool. The art style is very different. And um nah, I kind of like this one. At first, I was a little put off. But as I kind of watched it again and again, doing research on this stuff, and uh, I watched this thing a few times, The Duel is the one that kind of stuck with me the most. Is like the one thing I think I kind of walked away liking the best. So, uh, Kev, you have something you wanted to say on it?
3: Uh, not really. I mean... I think I kind of you. Yeah, I kind of put on my art style too, a little bit, when I first started watching it because, like, I don't know, it kind of felt like fake anime to me.
1: Yeah.
3: With <laughs> the way that they were trying to make it seem with like the whole Japanese samurai warrior aesthetic and everything of were going for the covenant, I didn't really feel like it fit, especially yeah. from what I had seen about the covenant before, like yeah, in playthroughs of the games and stuff. But mm-hmm. I don't know i don't know i didn't really have too many thoughts on this one on that episode
0: yeah i mean me playing the games and stuff i saw the connection there with the arbiter thing and that's also another thing i thought was kind of interesting that they actually use this as a way to kind of like explain something from a game so i thought that was kind of cool um but yeah yeah it grew on me because i was a little off put by it too at first but then it, it kind of grew on me and i actually do kind of like that one the best and um I kind of like when somebody tries to do something different, tries to do something, you know, outside of the norm, and they try to do something different outside of just what a lot of the other episodes did. A lot of the other episodes just kind of follow basic anime. And I actually, I'm kind of surprised by the whole decision. You know, mostly Microsoft is not very well received in, like, Japan. And uh, Halo itself really lends itself more to an American audience, to a Western audience. So for them to choose to do this story and do it all anime style just seems like a weird choice when it could have just been more like traditional animation, cartoon, like, you know, Saturday morning cartoon type stuff. So for them to do it anime, I thought was an interesting choice. I don't think it's a wrong choice. It it was just interesting. It's, It's just different. It wasn't what I expected when I clicked Halo Legends. I wasn't expecting to watch anime. And like, uh, it it doesn't really follow too many anime tropes, though. Like, yeah, you can
3: see the Western influence; it's got kind yes. of a, our style, but yes. you can see a lot of the Western culture.
0: It. Yeah, you don't get the typical like exaggerated expressions. Um, like, uh, typically, in a lot of anime uh, pe- characters' reactions to things and stuff like that are very exaggerated and they're very animated in that way. This really played everything pretty straight. The only thing that came close to being like that was one man, uh, the the one man down or one man out. Yeah, odd odd one out. Sorry, odd one out. Odd out one out's the only one that really kind of leaned in on that traditional anime type style of like exaggerated reactions to things and stuff like that. <clears throat> so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the, all the other episodes, I thought it's kind of interesting. So it was just an interesting choice. Uh, the last one I think we got into, because we kind of talked about Origins at the top. And just to briefly touch base on that, Origins was exactly what it was. Um, it actually takes place right after the events of uh, Halo 3. I, like Again, I don't exactly remember how that ended. But apparently they ended on this ship. And Cortana is like Master Chief is kind of out at that moment. So then she's it, reflecting. It, didn't
2: it kind of end Halo 3 as a Master Chief does not survive at the end somehow?
0: No, I mean, he's alive in 4 and 5. I mean, you play with him in 4. So it's not that he didn't survive, but it ended on some note, uh, him stuck in a ship or, or something like that. Because it picks up with Cortana and she's like, oh, Master Chief is out or whatever. And she begins to reflect on basically how they got to this point. And she reflects on how everything started with the Forerunners to how humanity uh, first started getting into space. They discovered like slip space technology or uh, like how to travel that way. And they expanded out from Earth to other planets and began to colonize in other areas. And then that's when they kind of ran into the covenant and had this whole thing. And it's kind of interesting too because Origins does get into this idea that humanity, like humans as we go, we were always at war with each other and the one thing that unites us is a common enemy and when the and the covenant came in we had a common enemy so now humanity as a whole is united to fight them and then now that the floods in the and the later games and stuff like that That's you end, you end up aligning with the covenant and y'all two work together to fight the flood so it's always just like you find peace through war with another enemy Actually, a similar concept is is dissected in uh the Watchmen, too, yeah, so uh um kev, what you want to say on that
3: That's the other thing I've always kind of wondered about about the Halo world is that the Earth is ruled by one unified government, right, but like what system of government are they are they they seem kind of fascist to me
0: a bit, but I guess you would tend to be that way in a war scenario when you're constantly at war, like that's basically <clears throat> what it is, and in fact, I think in the second game. Because like, in the first game, there's a point where the whole game takes place because they make a split decision to go off-route, and they end up at this planet with, a, with that halo above the planet, something they never really seen before. And they do that because they were on their way to Earth, but the Covenant found the ship. So to keep the Covenant off the trail, because apparently the Covenant have not found planet Earth yet. So because they haven't found planet Earth yet, they have been working hard to make sure they don't find it. So in Halo 1, they don't find it. But in Halo 2, they end up finding Earth and make a full scale invasion on Earth. And that becomes something that happens in like a part of the story there on 2. And I think it also carries
2: over to 3.
0: So uh, most of the fighting between Covenant and Earth are happening on other planets and shit like that, from my understanding. So as far as the government's concerned, I mean, I don't know. Again, it's the whole idea, which I wonder if it's even that true or not. I'd be curious because, like, again, making a analogy to today's era without trying to get too much into politics, we kind of have a, a – not now, I'd say, but at one time, right, especially Bush era and beyond that, when we got attacked by the Twin Towers uh, – well, not by the Twin Towers, but, you know, when the Twin Towers were attacked by terrorists and things like that, You know, there was kind of a united front between people against, you know, these terrorists. And sadly, it kind of became a racist thing against people from the Middle East and stuff and the Muslim religion and things like that. So, but it did unite us, but not for that long. Because, like, nowadays, there's more bickering about, you know, what's right, what's wrong, the truth of everything. Like, to be honest, I don't think the way the Halo universe is... I don't think people would be that united on that kind of front the whole time. There will always be, uh, you know, divides into different perspectives. We're being lied to by these people or, you know, no, they're the truth, show loyalty, you know, to the government, to the flag, blah, blah, blah.
2: Yeah, everybody Everybody has to have rights.
1: Yeah,
0: I think it's a simple idea that, oh, we both got a bad guy, so we're friends. And maybe that would, I think that would be true for a time. But, like, depending on how long the war goes, you know, you lose enough people, you have people that are upset. You know, I lost my kids, I lost my husband, I lost my wife, whatever, to this war. You know, like, you're going to get to a point where you're upset with your government, and there would be divides internally. You know, so I, I don't know. There's a lot more that could be picked apart, but. It's a video game, and simplicity's sake, you know, it's just that, hey, we teamed up together, and now we teamed up with the Covenant, and we're fighting the Flood. So, that's kind of been the basis there. So, um, you know, it it is what it is. I I don't know if I personally believe that we would just be united with a common enemy. So
2: um, Well, they always say in war, the enemy of my enemy is
0: my friend. Yeah, but my point is that it's a temporary thing. I think it is true. Right, but the Halo universe makes it like it's a long-standing peace between people to fight the Covenant. I don't know if it'd be that long-standing. That's all. That's the only point I'm making. So, uh, but regardless, uh, prototype's the last one. Uh, Marine Sergeant, nicknamed Ghost, and his demolition team are sent to destroy a prototype weapons facility. So, is uh, this one's a little interesting?
2: This, one of the this, big, um, yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off, but no, yeah, I have a question about the, the character Ghost in yeah. the prototype. Yeah. Now, this has no relation to the character Ghost in the Halo Reach series, correct?
0: I don't know. Uh, I would say no, but uh, I'm not sure because Halo Reach did not come out yet, I believe. Because this came out in 2010, it was worked on in 2009. I don't think uh, Halo Reach came out till later. So I don't know if they had the story idea for it
1: just yet.
0: So I would say probably not.
3: If it is, it has to be after Reach because Ghost yeah. died going to this. So I don't know if it ties into Well,
0: that. I don't know. This was released 2010. So this movie came out 2010. So they were released in the same year, Halo Reach... And uh, this movie. So quite possibly it could be. But I mean, uh, Ghost dies at the end of this. So I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like maybe, because I, I played Reach as well. But it's just, like again, it's just been a while. So it's quite possible that maybe the events of Halo Reach are um, what we opened with. Because we, uh, we actually open this, uh, this thing here with, with this.
1: Well, let me ask you something. Just one last thing. It won't hurt, I promise. What was I to you?
2: What do you mean? You're a soldier. A soldier with a promising future ahead of you. You're a soldier.
1: And you're a ghost, aren't you? What? Feelings pass right through you, don't they? So cold and unforgiving in every choice you made in battle. You're a soldier. I think that's what let us trust you, don't so Don't
2: talk. That. Save your strength.
1: I don't need it. I need you to be strong, strong enough to do what you've never done in your life. Can you be strong enough to allow yourself to be? Can you just be human?
0: So basically, what that's uh, what she's getting into <clears throat> is like it's a uh, this whole uh, thing is actually like a redemption story. Prototype because uh, the girl talking to Ghost, apparently he's considered like not even human uh, because he's just kind of emotionless and cold. And it seems like the decisions he made caused his whole fleet to die. But him, they kind of hold him responsible uh, a little bit because even uh, later they jumps like a few years later and they're in another situation where they've got to go recover a prototype weapon They basically destroy it. They don't even it's a prototype. But the Covenant have breached this area, and they just want it destroyed. They don't want the the prototype weapon getting into Covenant hands at all. So that's what the the mission is. And there's a line in this uh, little short story where they talk about Ghost, and like, man, we were screwed from the beginning because Ghost is his demolition team's here, and you heard what happened the last time. So I don't know if that's something, because I think in Halo Reach, to your point, Ryan, if I remember right, Halo Reach takes place where uh you, you're you're in some kind of place where like there's a lot of dead Marines, and you're like looking around at the aftermath of something that happened. If I remember right, does that sound correct to you?
2: I I do remember Halo Reach taking place where.
0: Uh, Kev, look up Halo Reach. Look up some story beats for that. While me, and, uh, Ryan I do remember talk
2: about Halo this. Reach being right. the setting. Before Master Chief, where, because uh, where, at the end of Halo Reach, all of the Spartans are pretty much eradicated except for you, and the very last thing you have to do is go through a gauntlet of enemies until you are pretty much eliminated yourself. Yeah. So, and my brother once told me the storyline is that after all these Spartans are dead, Master Chief is the sole surviving. Uh, spartan and the only one left so then i had another question about what this character ghost now aren't the spartans clones
0: no as we saw in homecoming they're not actually clones the clones are just used to go back to the families and live a short life with mom and dad the spartans are actual people their actual children that were raised into adulthood of being like, you know, the hardest soldiers they could be.
3: Okay. Okay, I got some story beats for, uh, for Reach. Okay. Uh, all right. takes place, the story apparently takes place before the first game combat evolved during the events of the novel Fall of Reach. Yeah, okay. Uh, they've been waging a long war against a collective alien race known as the Covenant. By the events of Reach, almost all of him and of these interstellar colonies have fallen. Reach itself is an Earth-like colony that serves the UNSC's main military hub. Uh, the colony is home to over 700 million civilians, in addition to the military presence. Uh, so as the game opens up with the planet Reach in ruins, mm. then flashes back to the devastating invasion by the Covenant. Yeah,
1: so, I remember
0: that. Like, as you... You're playing as a guy going through a bunch of like like basically the aftermath like like you said. And as you get to certain like waypoints, it triggers like you'll get like a um a recording or something like that and then it triggers kind of a flashback and then you actually play through the flashback. And so the game is you go into different points in this destroyed planet. And then uh you you find oh some soldier with something and then you play through their experience, and that's kind of how Halo Reach uh, happens
2: out. Memory serves.
0: So yeah, okay. So yeah, I don't think it has anything to do. It must be just a coincidence or something like that. I don't think it has anything to do the the Ghost here prototype. I don't think it has anything to do with that. But to be honest, I don't know when like some of these stories take place. Like for instance, Homecoming Prototype. There's nothing that really tells us, oh, this is in between Halo 1 and 2, or this is in between 2 and 3, or or whatever the case is. You know, there's only a few. Like, I would say, for instance, the duel, that one kind of tells us where the Arbiter name came from. I would think that took place before 2, possibly but even before Halo 1. So that gives us a little bit of a time frame on that, right? Um, But other than that, yeah, most of these other ones, it can kind of happen whenever. Because they don't really have too much to do with the story of the games. They're just kind of like filler. And some of them kind of give an explanation. Like even Homecoming, that gives us an explanation of, of like what the Spartans, how they made the Spartans. You know, <clears throat> how they covered it up with the parents and like they took these kids and raised them into super soldiers. So um, they give us little things like that, but nothing that really has the, the direct connection. The only thing I really saw that had a direct connection was Origins. Apparently that picks up right after the events of Halo 3, but it doesn't really, there really is no more story. It's just an overview of the story so far. But that little beginning part where Cortana is kind of looking at Master Chief and like saying some stuff about like remembering things of the past or whatever that's supposed to take place right after that's it so but again so the prototype uh ghost finally makes the, the the call to and uh instead of just letting his you know soldiers die or whatever he gets in the prototype weapon and fights back the covenant saving his platoon this time saving saving his soldiers and stuff where the time that happened years ago <clears throat> with the girl like we heard that was like her last dying words to him about be human um he decides to do that be human he goes against uh because that was not protocol like they were ordered to destroy that thing not to use it well he did both he used it which was disobeying and they even were going to court martial him for it but he ended up sacrificing himself to save his people so that he blew up the prototype the covenant didn't get a hold of it and he saved his people because so, they have a bit at the end where they're like, we were going to court-martial him for his actions. He's using the prototype weapon when commanded to destroy it, but he saved his people and he sacrificed his life and we commend him or something like that. For him. So that was a pretty cool little story um, of that. And then um, it was it was kind of like a lot of cool action scenes too when he was using that prototype weapon and just taking down all this covenant forces that were you know really you know breaking down the marines at this point so that was pretty dope uh all i think all these things are pretty good um uh, i guess we can go ahead and get into uh rating this movie uh rating this movie you gotta lose a life just to have a life and uh i'll start i'll say uh no lives lost i, I don't think this was bad um I don't think I gained a life for it. I mean, I'm a Halo fan. I think as a Halo fan, I think you'll really appreciate this. But, uh, and I'm a Halo fan, but I'm not super hardcore. I mean, I've played most of the games and stuff and Halo always has like a little special place for me because just, it was playing the first Halo at the time I played it and everything was just like, holy shit. Like this was a great game, great experience. And I just really enjoyed it. And I'll always probably play the Halos at some point, you know? So I'll say no lives lost for this one. Um, Kevin, why don't you go ahead and rate it and uh, say what you think.
3: Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say the same thing as you, uh, no lives lost. Like I said, I'm not really like a big Halo fan. I'm a little familiar with the franchise. I mean, so the, these little shorts, they were interesting. I had a couple of interesting episodes. Some of them are a little bit impactful and everything. Um, and overall, I can't really say that I found anything that I could really say. you know, the uh, to take anything away from it, you know, the, to um, take any points away from it. So yeah, you know, it was it was a good collection of little shorts. I'm gonna go with No Lives Lost.
0: Okay, cool, Brian. What you got?
2: Well, I was gonna kind of bounce off you guys and say No Lives Lost, but then I had to remind myself that one. I'm- not a Halo fan. Two, never really played it in the games. Three, uh, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I, it wasn't so long. It wasn't, you know, something. It wasn't something that, you know, hey, if I miss this, you know, I'm not going to get it. Uh, but I did. I will say I did lose one life only because of the fact that uh, I, each episode I did have. I did have. Like, a lot of questions, you know, that I wanted answered, since I knew really nothing of Halo's story, and it's a lot of the questions I brought to the table for this episode. Yeah. And as good as it was, and I was entertained, still does not really make me want to play the Halo games, Um,
1: you know? Oh yeah, for
2: sure. Not much bitching and griping I had about it, it's just... You know, it left me with a lot of unanswered questions, which I'm glad that you know you shed some light on. Me. But at the same time, not really my forte. Uh, so yeah. I went ahead and lost a life.
0: No, I feel you. That makes sense. I actually, I, I'd honestly say that if you're not a Halo fan, you can uh, skip this. You know, this episode's perfect for you. If you just kind of was curious about it, we told you about it, broke it down, even gave you some some, some filler and stuff like that on it. Um I'd agree to that. As a Halo fan, like the thing you'll get from it, because you're not gonna this is not gonna pump you up to play Halo either. The only thing this will do is if you're into Halo and you're into the you're into the lore of Halo. Yeah. Those two things. Because some people are into Halo and they just play online. Because it's a big online scene now. Um you know there's esports and stuff like that for Halo. So, I mean, if you're into that field of it, yeah, this is not really for you. If you're into the lore of Halo, though, you can have fun with this. It's not too... It's it's good. Um, I did almost forget, there's not much. There are a few IMDb facts. Uh, before I did that, was there anything else you wanted to say, Kev? I didn't mean to cut you off.
3: No, 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 no. I would just say, and it just gives you a little more exposition if you're someone into the lore of the game.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I'm going to go through the IMDb facts. There's not too many of them, and then we'll go ahead and shut it down. Um... Uh, According to Frank O'Connor, nearly all the studios they approached to do the project said yes right away. The duel took a great amount of themes from the life of the historical samurai Miyamoto Musashi, 1584-1645. to 1645. Much of his art and philosophy was a great influence to creative director Momoru Oshil. Interestingly, Oshil was also working with an animated chronicle of the life of Musashi, with production IG at the same time he was working on the Halo Legends titled Musashi, The Dream of the Last Samurai, 2009. See, uh, so, I mean, there's a couple things when you look into the duel where the guy here, I think that kind of comes through. that This was like a personal passion project. Like, he really was like, all right, I'll do this Halo thing, but I want to do it with what I like. And I like Samurai, I like this kind of stuff, and I'm even going to put my own thumbprint on it with this different kind of art style, and yeah, boom.
3: They, they, yeah, they really came to That's what I was saying. It felt out of place to me with what I knew about the company, this whole Samurai aesthetic.
1: Yeah. It.
2: It, it's, it's weird how, how you say that, Kevin, because I know ever since I've seen Roman Warriors, I've had, a, as a child, I've, I've had a very vast, a vast fascination samurai stuff so i i even went out of my way to check out uh what what, what is that like ninja batman
0: uh, oh yeah. yeah i actually wanted to see that i haven't watched it yet
2: and and just i don't, I don't know i just feel like samurais could work for everything
3: yeah i, I guess the- i don't know i don't i don't necessarily it, but because i like samurais i like all parts of Jabberti's culture. Anime is just one small part of things that I like about well, Jeff Well,
1: apparently not, Kevin. Yeah. Apparently not. <laughs> yeah.
3: But I don't think, I don't know. It just doesn't fit to me the aesthetic of like, really. but I guess that's just the idea of like what we have about aliens and these advanced civilizations.
0: Yeah, I think he took, uh, there is a whole thing in the games where the Covenant used swords. So yeah. I guess he just kind of spun off that. By like, yeah, like the, the
3: the plasma blade away. Yeah, it.
0: yeah, and he kind of spun off that and kind of did his own thing with them having this kind of battle-type deal. I, know, I liked it. it. It was it was just an interesting take. It but, an it, far it, far. but I agree, it is out of place. And like the first time watching it through, I was like, this is kind of weird. But as I kind of watched it over again and everything, it's just something I kind of kept coming back to that I thought was interesting. Uh, production designer and segment director Shinji... Aramaki ugh, is a huge Halo fan and has even completed the game on Legendary Difficulty. Well, oh, great. Uh, oh. This is the third anime anthology project with the Warner Bros. to have to have studio 4, 4 degree 4 degrees Celsius, I guess, is 4 degrees C. Uh, animating. The other two being the Animatrix and Batman Gotham Knight. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. So, um, and in fact, let me see, studio I think they did origins that's the and babysitter so the studio four degrees celsius they were responsible for the babysitter episode and the origins episode Hmm. so they got two uh just so you know um most of the studios were hesitant to write their own projects for the collection even those whose filmmakers were familiar with the halo universe Frank O'Connor decided to send possible story treatments for them to work with. In the end, O'Connor estimated that 50% of the dialogue and the final products were verbatim from the original scripts. So that's kind of interesting that they kind of just, okay, they took what he wrote and kept most of it there, whatever he put together. Uh, Apparently the odd one out director, Dasuki Nishio, was hesitant to join the project because he is a pacifist. The segment Homecoming was originally going to have a much darker story than the one presented. In the original plan, a Spartan candidate would be sniped and her body replaced by a flash clone and the father would discover the body of his dead daughter, leaving him to assume that he accidentally killed her. The idea was dropped. That the Frank O'Connor and Joseph Child felt it was too dark. I don't know. I wish they would have done that. would Have been dope. That's the yeah. thing. I think sometimes they got this game. They got this universe. So they they tiptoed this line, but and they hold back creatives from doing things that could be interesting. I
1: don't know. Like,
3: well, it's it's funny, dude. Companies trying to balance between like uh, what would you call it? Artistic license. Yeah. And their brand. Protecting their brand, yeah, because they got like their brand image that they want to have. Yeah,
0: they do, but I mean, it's it's Halo's M, like it's seventeen, it's the adults. It's always been that, but yeah, even still, even though it's adults, it doesn't mean anything goes, and you still want some kind of like form of that. But <clears throat> I don't think that's too crazy dark. It's yeah. not like we're dealing with some like rape shit or child molestation or something that's very icky and very you know uh uh-uh. uh you know it, it's just like you know the 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 dad discovered his daughter. It's just something tragic that pulls at your heartstrings a little bit that's all so eh, it is what it is uh I won out marks the first time director theski Nishio and character designer Katsuyoshi Nakatasura have worked together since the dragon Ball franchise. The segment, The Duel, was animated in watercolor motif. Some words spoken by Master Chief and Dr. Hazley in the package are taken directly from the Halo games. The exchange sleep well, no thanks, they're driving, but yes, uh, takes place at the very beginning of Halo combat Evolved between Cortana and Master Chief. The Don't Make a Girl a Promise, Even You Know You Can't Keep It is again spoken by Cortana the Master Chief at the very end of high charity level in Halo 2. Uh, The trailer for this project was debuted in San Diego Comic-Con 2009. Among the attendees to promote the project was production IG president uh, Mitsushi Ishikawa and studio 4 Degrees Celsius president Iko Tanaka. And I am sorry for ruining any names. I'm not good at all at saying Japanese names. But that's it for that. That's all the IMDb facts that we have. I don't think I have anything else here, and I believe any notes I took. That's it. And it does it, man. Anybody have any last words to say on this before we uh, shut it down?
2: Still not a Halo fan. All right, good job. Uh, I prefer Kevin? Doom guy. There you go. Great,
1: <laughs> great.
0: Well, uh, you can check us out uh, if you're on Losing Lives. I uh, don't. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. You can go on over to Who's Next podcast. Listen to the other stuff we got over there. Then we do some more game talk and just uh, overall just talk about different shit stuff, play games, do some weird shit, and all that. And you can also check out, if you like first-person shooters, you're on this. We did the breakfast grenade for Gamer Needs Food Badly. You go to the YouTube. You can just type in Gamer Needs Food Badly. You'll get a collection of all the videos we got on there on that playlist. Or Who's Next Gaming Entertainment. Uh, I think it's the YouTube channel, actually. And you can subscribe there and you can catch us whenever we drop new videos. We typically try and do a new cooking video once a month. And we cook food based off video games. Um, if you like what we're doing there, you might like some of our friends. Uh, recently, uh, outside the lawn Box. Uh, or actually, I think they're just called the lawn Box guys now. Um, they did an Avengers Game episode. I joined them for that. We also did an Avengers Endgame episode. That's on Who's Next podcast. You can check that out over there as well. Um, Let's see, uh, Blurds are us. They uh, they network with us a lot. They also got a lot of Avengers Endgame stuff. That is the name of the game right now. When this recording is going out, that's uh, one of the biggest things out. Um, We also got Nerds, the podcast that we do stuff with. Shout out to those guys. You can always check them out as well. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate it. And uh, also, I would like to say. Um,
2: Don't forget my page.
0: Oh, yeah, please. Plug your play, page.
2: Um, again, with all the video game movies we like to watch. Hell, if anybody just likes to watch movies, um, they can always go to uh, our Facebook page. of Movies so bad they're good. Midnight cult and camp. Uh, we do a lot of watch parties. Uh, we do a lot of posting. I know. I just recently came back from the uh, from the Hyatt con- from the Hyatt Hotel Convention of uh, Texas Frightmare Weekend this past weekend. So I went ahead and post some pics on there. If anybody wants to check that out, um, yeah. Um, I'm working on trying to get. I
0: seen you uh, over there busting your losing live shirt. Good job, man. Good job.
2: Yeah, I had I had to represent, man. You losing lives. I have to
0: say, Ryan,
2: that sounds like one heck of a mama.
0: Definitely one heck of a mama.
2: <laughs> Fair enough, mm-hmm. man. I'm trying to get um I'm trying to get the creator and a good friend of mine, also my coworker Ian, mm-hmm. to uh, start trying to do these episodes with us. And I talked I talked to him, and he said that uh he's down. Especially the uh, Mortal Kombat journey begins. If you need anybody else to do that,
0: sure, yeah, we could do that. We could use an extra guy. It doesn't hurt at all. I think Kevin, you're good for that. Ryan, you're good for that. Yeah, yeah. I just need yeah. to watch that. So yeah, that'll probably be the next episode we do is the Mortal Kombat: The Journey Begins, and then I think the one after that we'll do is. Um, what well, we'll talk about it off mic. Like. Um, anyways.
3: Well, I'd like to just give a quick update on. How, hold on, like, because uh, it's probably yes, going to be coming out. I only uh, got like about maybe three hours or more for this, so it's probably going to be coming out pretty soon. We're going nice. to do uh, our new uh, a new series on our YouTube channel called Hard Mode Only. first game is going to be God of War, where I play through it on the hardest difficulty, nice. and you can watch me suffer. <laughs>
0: and I'd also ask you to do one thing, Kev. Uh, cut out small, like one-minute segments. That we can share on our Instagram, Facebook pages and stuff like that. Uh to kinda help push it when you start putting it up on YouTube.
3: Yeah. There's certain
0: certain certain points that you're like, okay, this would be a good one minute clip, or that would be a good one minute clip. And you can upload it to OneDrive, you can create a folder or whatever you need to do. It's like, hey look, share this, you know, or something like that. Yeah. That that would be good so that we can put up some more content that way as well.
2: Kevin, awesome. I'm telling you, bro, I'm looking forward to that God of War, man. Let me know when that comes up so I can check that shit out.
3: All right. Oh, yeah. Uh, only got a couple of more episodes. I got like four episodes ready to go. I want to get a couple of more ready before we release this month. So that way I'll have a little time to get some more up before next month.
0: I might yeah, even hold. try and, and help you out with that because uh, I've got uh, Dante Must Die mode unlocked for Devil May Cry. And uh, I might try and record that and uh, put some of that up there as well. So i might try and help you out with getting some stuff up.
2: Yeah, Kevin. Hopefully, that was more smooth sailing than Seth playing Resident Evil Two.
0: Yep. Right. Getting <laughs> stuck at the tubes. How do I get this stuff to be at the level? This <laughs> keeps spinning it round and round. Cause Seth doesn't understand that you just got to fill one, not all three of them, and make them equal, like I originally thought.
3: I God don't know. Damn I don't know. it! I don't know. When I was editing, I had an idea for doing a death counter, how many counting how many times I died. Dan, yeah. I just realized it was going to be too much damn work.
0: Yeah, there's it's a lot of deaths. Yeah, hopefully I gotta you imagine. don't get Especially bagged. if you uh, fight the Valkyries, you're definitely going to have
2: a lot of deaths to uh, count on that shit. I was going to say, Kevin, hopefully you don't get t to death like Seth did. That
1: sounds like one heck of a mama. Right.
0: All right. Well, the uh, last thing I think I want to do is say Happy Mother's Day.
1: That sounds like one heck of a mama. And ladies... I'm one heck of a mama myself. That's
0: right. But uh, happy Mother's Day to you. This will be coming out the day after Mother's Day. That's this Sunday. We're recording on a Friday. So uh, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. Uh, Especially shout out to my mom uh, because I would not be here without her. And also my wife because she raises all my three little monsters. And um, she does a really damn good job. And I uh, don't think I'd be doing this podcast or anything else without her. Not the way I'm doing it. Not the way that it is. So I much appreciate you, babe. And uh, if you ever listen to one of these things, I'm pretty sure you don't. But <laughs> if you ever do, you are very much appreciated by me. Thank you. And uh, happy Mother's Day to all the other mothers out
1: there. Because I know there's a bunch of women that listen to this podcast all the time. We out.